Welcome to the second part of This Was 2022, a year in review, which is a special edition of the Beginner's Mind podcast as we close out the year and look ahead to 2023. What, what's your advice? I mean, uh, startups now, um, I think, also needs to raise funds. Uh, what's your advice to startups? How, 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 in your opinion, how should they tackle the situation currently? Yeah. So my advice is like go into your business models, go into your business plans and try to be um, try to be a little more conservative. So stay innovative, but try to be a little more conservative when it comes to numbers and try to be uh, profitable uh, pretty fast. So try to rethink um, if you manage to close an investment, use the money very wise um, and, and don't burn the money because it's it will be more difficult to to close any investment. So it's the same for us. So we we also have... I'm your host, Christian Soschner, and I'm excited to be joined by Caroline Heil. She's the CEO of the New Meat Company, or short TNMC. Caroline is an experienced investor with a focus on revolutionizing the food industry in a sustainable and healthy way. She has worked as a lawyer for EY, advising clients on M&A and we see investments in the alternative protein and meat market. The new meat company is a purpose-driven investment company based in Berlin that invests in game-changing companies and founders disrupting the traditional meat industry with sustainable, nutritious and tasty alternatives. The new meat company has a buy and build strategy, consolidating established pioneers and emerging game changers in the alternative meat space and partnering with innovative individuals who prioritize animal welfare and reducing the ecological footprint of meat production. In this episode, Caroline will share her insights on the key trends in the food industry the importance of proper nutrition for long-term health and her advice for startups and scale-ups seeking investments. She will also give us a preview of what to expect in 2023 and what the ideal investment opportunity looks like for the new meat company. So sit back, relax and get ready to learn from one of the top investors in the food industry as we close out the year and look ahead to the future. In the list of attendees, and let's promote her to panelists. Did you meet Caroline, or Caroline, or Caroline already? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Then we can make... Hi, Caroline. Good to see you. Hi. Hi Hello. <laughs> Nice hmm? to see you. Nice to meet you, Kurt. Nice let's, to meet you, Caroline. Let's make a quick introduction. Caroline Heil, she runs the new meat company, uh, an investment fund. But maybe, Caroline, you can say a few words to you yourself. Yeah, sure, uh, Caroline. Um, yeah, I'm the CEO of the so-called the new meat company. We are um, actually not a real fund. Uh, we are listed a company, a platform company in the a space of alternative proteins. So our goal is to change the way people eat, uh, to make it more sustainable, and uh, to build up um, the biggest group for alternative proteins in Europe and maybe someday in the world as well. So maybe some more about our platform approach. So what we do is we bring together a broad portfolio of companies with a complementing skill set and mindset 
together under the roof of the new meat company to uh, leverage synergies and to grow together, um, to be sustainable, to be profitable, and yeah, to change the world and make it a little better. That sounds great. And Kurz runs uh, the AT Health Investment Arm. Did I do remember it right, Kurz? <laughs> yes. So let's say service provider, but uh, yes, we are talking about investments. So there is there's a lot of a uh, lot of things in common. And of course, um, nutrition is is a, a big part in in healthcare and um, um, healthy living. I would say so. Therefore, there is definitely a great overlap. It's definitely so. What I always say is. Um, The, the way to change how you eat is the easiest way to get healthier. And yeah, if people would do that, there's um, data uh, that we could save up to 90% of the cost of our healthcare system in Europe and in North America. So food has a great impact. So maybe you want to invest in a new meat company as well. <laughs> we definitely could talk about that. <laughs> um, as I said, not, not investing directly, but uh, helping to, to find the right investors. Uh, okay. You think 90%, 90% is the potential of uh, reducing the cost in the healthcare system when we change the nutrition habits? So did, I, did, I, did I get it right? Yes, that's that's the data I found somewhere. So basically, because um, yeah, there are so many uh, diseases uh, like um, or like the main diseases uh, we see or main reasons why people are dying, like uh, diabetes type 2, like all the um, all the cardiovascular diseases, they are pretty much linked to the way how we eat, um, to, yeah, um, cholesterol, to sugar, to meat also. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's also like, um, um, some correlation because people who think about their nutrition, uh, might also think about their habits to do sports and to, and to move. Um, so that's, yeah. that's of course, um, Like if you if you if you do proper and careful prevention by focusing on on your nutrition and focusing on how, how you move, um, that definitely has a huge impact. Which part of that is part of the moving in sports, and which part of this, um, uh, the nutrition? That's of course then a different story. And uh, a few genes definitely also have have some impact. But I definitely would subscribe that nutrition has has a large and significantly underestimated impact on, on life expectancy and also life quality. I completely agree with that. I think nutrition is one of the most important things uh, to stay healthy. and um, But it's pretty challenging in our days. I mean, there's so much uh, good food on the market that is a little <laughs> bit... <laughs> It, it tastes good. It feels good. It is a lot of fun to eat, but has a negative health impact. And being yeah. aware of that makes sense. And also like the medicamentation nowadays is so good. So it's way easier like to eat whatever you want and just take this one pill and keep your cholesterol levels down. It's it's super easy, but it's somehow, um, yeah, it's it's a bad habit to try to I make. I don't think that it's really that easy. Uh, they they, they <laughs> promise and pretend that it's that easy, but I think there is still some side effects that uh, that are not. Yeah, I was I was just I was just kidding. So it's it's but it's it's um so um some weeks ago I gave a speak um at a conference and I was talking about like negative impacts um of meat consumption like if you consume too much so not if you have like your your steak once a week but if you have like your uh, like the average German who's consuming 1.4 kilos of meat a week. Like if you have, eat too much meat and the correlation uh, with like several diseases. And after this uh, speech, 
um, an older guy in his 80s reached out to me and came came over and said, yeah, I'm a former professor for cardiovascular disease at Charité. And actually, you're not very smart because medicamentation is so good nowadays. So cholesterol is not a problem anymore. Like, can I just take your pill and and like health is not a topic when we talk about meat. I was like, okay, that is a different mindset. So, but it's it's actually in our heads because it's so convenient, it's so easy, and changing your habits, changing your eating habits, changing your habits how you move, how you do sports. It's, it's more challenging, but it's more sustainable, I think. Did you ever, um, or did you do some research um, in the optimal nutrition habits with the new meat company? And not with the new meat company, actually, but I did so much reading on it. So mm -hmm. there's um, amazing um, literature you can find on it. So um, my my favorite books are by um, by the um, by Mr. Campbell, so professor from the U.S., like the China Study or Howell. So there's so much. Um, very nice stuff you can find or one book i can't re remember the name of the author uh, i just read recently the vegan di the diet so um a combination between paleo and vegan diets by a very famous how does um, how does that sports uh, guy <laughs> how does how does how does that work uh uniting paleo and vegan uh, so it's basically meat with uh vegetables i, I know paleo is it's, it's not keto it's paleo is um oh. It's it's the this um diet where you try to basically eat like the people um some hundred years ago, some thousand years ago. So you try to to keep everything very clean, no processed foods. So if you have like meat, you only eat grass feed, uh meat, um yeah, lots of vegetables, lots of fruits. Um yeah, but with a if if you combine vegan and, and uh paleo diet, it's like no meat. <laughs> Okay, so it's basically meat without meat, uh, so no meat uh, at all. No meat, <laughs> it's no meat at all. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but we didn't uh, do research or didn't run our own research with the new meat company so far. That's definitely on mm -hmm. the list for the next years. But there's already so much, um, so much you can find everywhere on this topic. So. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Could, uh, sorry that I forgot to um, uh, say, say goodbye to you. So um, it's, it's great that you stay a little bit longer. Uh, it was really great speaking to you. Thank and you. I dived directly into the next session uh, without yes. closing. No, it's session. nice to have that smooth handover. And maybe one final word, Caroline, um, talking about investments. A very good friend of mine is managing director and head of equity um, markets in, in, in DACH, um, Thomas Tuner from Morgan Stanley. He, um, he, he said, um, is... IPO. So he's of course taking court, taking care of companies, um, preparing their IPO. He said, uh, IPO doesn't mean is the party over. And then he said, <laughs> no, actually not just the dress code has changed. And I agree. Uh, the dress code has changed, but I actually like the, the old dress code more. So hopefully we will come back to the, to the old dress codes uh, one day. 
Thank you. It was great to meet you. And um, nice you. looking forward to, to talking to you, Caroline, at some point of time uh, to follow up. And Christian, uh, thanks for the invitation and see you soon. Kurt, I wish you Merry Christmas and a good start into 2023. Yes. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Caroline, uh, we had a good start. We started right away with uh, Kurt in the next session. Uh, great to see you. How was your 2022? I would say pretty good. <laughs> it's very exciting 2022 uh, on a professional level, on a personal level. So, uh, so far I had a very good year. Um, with the new meat company, we made some major steps actually. We closed um, three transactions this year and three transactions where we acquired majority stakes in companies. So um, as I told you last time, our investment approach is very different from from uh how a, how a VC investor invests. Mm. It goes more into the direction of private equity. Um, so, so we acquire majority stakes in companies, which is more challenging, I think. So, um, and yeah, so for the new meat company, it was a pretty good year, I would say. How is it How is it going with taking the majority in, in a company? Is there a, is there a big market out there for companies that are willing to, I mean, it's basically what uh, Warren Buffett is doing with Berkshire Hathaway. So it's uh, buying companies uh, as a whole. Kind of as a whole. It's, yeah, t taking over. Okay, taking over doesn't sound so friendly, but um, like uh, incorporating the companies into the group. Um, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, actually one and a half years ago when I started my position as CEO, uh, I actually had huge doubts if companies and if uh, companies in the food space, startups or grown-up companies, if they really want to um, to give up so many shares and such a big stake in the companies, but it's going uh, very, very well. And uh, the people are super open to become part of the platform because they just see the need to work together and to grow together, especially in these uh, challenging times. So with like um, the changing market environment, uh, inflation and everything, we even see the companies being more open to become part of the platform. Um And um, there are still people out out there who don't want to, um, to want to give up so many shares, who don't want to be part of the platform. But there are so many we talk to who think the idea is great and who want to be part of our idea. And these are also the people we look for. So we we look for this mindset of people, for this kind of people who are open, who really want to change the world, who want to grow fast, who want to grow together, um, who want to learn from other companies. And um, yeah, so it's. I'm I'm very um yeah I'm very happy that um my doubts were um uh, not very reasonable. <laughs> I'm curious uh since you work in the food industry uh which big trends did you see in 2022? In 2022? Mm -hmm. Um oh that's a very difficult question. Um so um the whole so like in the alternative protein um space we still see um, that there is a big focus on startups and companies who who work in in the whole mushroom space, so uh, mycelin protein um, fermentation. That's two topics that we're still able to um, to close bigger investment rounds. So um, yeah, there there's still something going on. But kind of like what the trend at the moment in the industry is, or, or that that's my belief. Um, everyone gets more conservative, conservative again. So everyone's more looking for companies uh, that are profitable, that can can survive uh, this new challenging market surrounding without um, without investing all the time or without 
uh, burning money all the time. So it kind of like um, the trend is that that people are looking for more sustainable companies in a meaning of being like very good for our environment, very good for, for our health, planetary health diet, but also being able to survive, being profitable. Um, and um, what we saw like two years ago that we um, that we had like a huge emerging biotechnology scene in the food space. So basically companies working on cell-based meat, on cell-based milk, um, lab-grown proteins, um, fermentation, um, that these companies are struggling more because like the money they were able to to um, to close or to get for their biotech companies that won't be profitable or won't make any profits for the like next five or 10 years, uh, they not really um, see the challenge to uh, close investments, to keep their idea going. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's difficult to say what is the new trend, but the market environment definitely changed a lot. And I really hope that it's going a little bit more back to the to the old uh, before uh, this year's crisis environment, because we really need the biotech scene. We need the startups that develop new products. And now we see like the uh, industry taking over a lot, the private label companies, the conventional industry, like players like Nestle in Germany, like Rügenwalder Müller, uh, Unilever, who have their um, food brands, they establish more and more in the alternative uh, protein space i talked just um half an hour ago with kurt about the um uptake and downturn in the investment world uh generally in uh in health tech and 2021 was a great year and he said in 2022 in his experience uh there was a huge cutback here in europe did you did you experience the same uh or uh is in the food industry still enough capital that's going to be deployed no it's definitely the same so there are some companies um, that managed to um, uh, to still find investors or s- some startups who still managed to close big investment rounds, like uh, the Zurich-based startup Planted. They just closed a $70 million round. So they were pretty successful. And that was like three months ago. Um, then um, like a new Berlin-based uh, startup, it's called Project Eden. Um, it's also uh, vegan meat alternatives. Um they closed 10 million like half a year ago. So there are some, um, some companies that are still able to, um, to find investors to find money. But, um, a majority part of the startups in the field are really struggling and they don't find investors. Uh, the valuations are down a lot. So it's, um, it's challenging, but like really good ideas and really innovative, innovative projects still find, uh, still find the money and still find investors. And also what we see is that um, what I said earlier, if we don't only look at the startups, but at the, at the industry. So like the, the old industry, mm-hmm. um, they are still uh, in a very, very good shape and a very good condition. They invest a lot into their own projects. So into um, establishing their brands, into rolling out new projects, new products. So um, startups are struggling. Old industry is actually growing. And I think in a very good, or most of the industry, like, if you look at the organic um, scene, like the organic supermarket retailer chains, they are struggling a lot too. But um, majority of a part of the old industry is in a pretty good um, condition at the moment. So, um, which which parts of the industry do you see thriving the most currently in the old industry? 
driving what or uh, which which parts of the old industry uh, is thriving the most currently do you see more in automotive or do you see more in agriculture uh, energy which sectors do you see the most traction in this environment market environment um yeah i think there's um again a very difficult question but i think um actually the food industry overall is mm. still um doing pretty pretty fine lots of traction lots of happening um they are still uh, sticking to their goals when it comes to sustainability esg um so that that's a pretty positive news that um that sustainability in these times of crisis with high energy prices etc uh, is not something that people forget about it's still uh, very high on the agenda um and i think there's like um many uh, family Uh, owned businesses in in Europe that are doing pretty well in um in um mechanic engineering and also in the um in the building industry uh, so maybe not the, the project developers but um yeah i think there's uh old industry that really um kind of uh has a conservative cash management and conservative investment approach i think they are still doing Uh, pretty fine in these challenging times so what what's your adv advice i mean uh, startups now um, i think also needs to raise funds uh, what's yeah. your advice to startups how how, how how in your opinion how should they tackle the situation currently yeah so my advice is like go into your business models go into your business plans and try to be um try to be a little more conservative so stay innovative but try to be a little more conservative when it comes to numbers and try to be uh, profitable Uh, pretty fast. So try to rethink. Um, if you manage to close an investment, use the money very wise, um, and and don't burn the money because it's it will be more difficult to to close any investment. So it's the same for us. So we we also have to rethink twice before we invest. And um, yeah, so it's challenging times, but it's I think it's uh, every crisis for me is has has a good side so for me i think it's very healthy if the startups and if the industry becomes more entrepreneurial driven and more sustainable and it, it was also funny like uh, one and a half years ago when i started um, as the ceo for the new meat company uh, one of my um, my goals was to find companies and to find startups that think differently so that are bootstrapped that want to be profitable because i say if you really want to be sustainable you have to be profitable at some point and you have to at least in the food industry if you want to survive it's it's it's, it's definitely um yeah it's not for me it's not the, the right um environment for for um non-profit or non-profit non-profitable startups um so um and when i started one half year ago i said um that i only want to have companies in the portfolio that have the potential to be sustainable to be profitable and um Yeah, for me, it's it's very it's 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 a good thing of the crisis that this thinking is getting more accepted. So when I when I was telling the people uh, earlier, they were like laughing at me. You you don't understand the market, the food industry, what's happening in alternative protein space, what the VCs are doing, and uh, now when you talk to the VCs, they also have this different mindset and challenge the companies much more think more conservative so and i think that is a good thing actually 
What is uh, in 2022? What was your biggest success? Or let me phrase the question maybe out of uh, a little bit differently. Uh, what is your ideal uh, company that you are looking for on the market? In the future or in in the past? In, in, in the past, in 2022, and in the future, then this yeah. next step. <laughs> so I think my um, the, the biggest success of our company was to. Um, uh, yeah, basically the combination of the three deals we managed to close this year. So our first um, deal this year was that we get got um, the Saitan company uh, Lerbivore on board. So they produce um, Saitan um, or Saitan meat alternatives. Um, and um, that was kind of like the, the first step of our, our strategy. So mm. we managed to get them on board. And um, we we knew that they are very very uh, that they have a very strong skill set uh, in the production side. So uh, building up a production unit, um, we have one of the managing directors and founders of Levivor. Jürgen is is an engineer who kind of like got socialized in the in the automotive industry, so he really knows how processes work. He worked in the automotive industry for ten years, so he's very process driven. He's a mechanical engineer. He really knows what he's doing. And he did already develop a small production unit in Berlin. And um, he managed to um, build up uh, a very, very um, uh, thoughtful and very good production unit in the countryside. Um, in the uh, production area we acquired with our second transaction this year. It's a former, um, it's a former meat factory for game meat. And uh, the the former owner had the idea to um, yeah to, to move away from any animal production and to to uh, transform the meat factory into a vegan production unit. And um, yeah, we took over this uh, production side in, in the countryside of Berlin, uh, already have, having in mind that uh, Lerbivor will build up the production unit, will build up something very professional. Um, yeah, and then uh, our third transaction we just closed recently is with the Berlin-based company Eat Plants, and mm -hmm. they produce uh, convenient food and sauces in in glass jars. So, uh, and and they are like super strong in the e-commerce uh, business. So they have a very good uh, um, online shop. They have very strong knowledge mm -hmm. in this field. They have like. Uh, a, a QR code on every product and you can scan it and then you get, uh, yeah, you get to the app and you get, uh, recipes that are generated based on, on the temperature and weather data around you. You get all the information uh, where the products are from. And, um, Eat Plants is also uh, very, very strong on the product development, um, department. They have two professional uh, chefs working for the company. Uh, they also just moved uh, to uh, Dobatin. They're building up um, a test kitchen there, a content studio. So, and now to see like these three companies uh, working together, that's kind of like um, the biggest success for me. So like when I see the founders, how they work together, mm -hmm. how they grow together, how they already managed to uh, like, uh, I don't know, uh, incorporate the the products of Lerbivore into the online shop of um of uh, eat plants they already kicked off their uh, joint product development so for vegan uh, veganuary they will launch uh, three pretty cool uh, saitan um, products in 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 glass jars so a vegan uh, currywurst uh, and, and and things like that so um yeah it's, it's pretty amazing to see that our platform idea really uh, is working so it's 
And the synergies are real. And we're not only talking about what we can really see it, that if you bring together the right people, um, it's amazing. So and it's so much fun to see how they work together and also be part of this, this team. So you keep uh, the management in place basically after acquiring the company. So you rely yes. on uh, the expertise of the founders team. Yes. And they are the most kind of like the most important part of the whole idea. So we really need the right people. We need the people with the right mindset. And um, yeah, and that's also, it, it's a good criteria that we, um, we, we are acquiring a majority stake in the company. Mm -hmm. Because like the people who are willing to give up so much, as I said earlier, so much uh, of their company because they believe in the big picture and the bigger idea that are normally the people who are really open and that are really willing to help each other and to grow uh, with the other companies. So, Where do you see the food industry heading to in 2023 and onwards? What's, what are the big trends that lead us in the future, into the future? In 2023. So uh, when we look at, um, at the numbers and at the sales, There are still two big trends we see. Um, and one is luckily or luckily for us, it's still vegan products and meat alternatives. So alternative proteins is still one of the biggest trends uh, in the food industry. And um, the second really big trend at the moment is um, alcohol-free alcohol. So I, Really? Alcohol-free alcohol? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, wine, champagne, uh, champagne not because uh, it's difficult with, with, the, with the rights, but uh, wine without alcohol, um, yeah, gin without alcohol. So that's, that's a big trend because people in general want to be healthier. And that's also why they reduce their meat uh, consumption, mm -hmm. the consumption of animal products, um, alcohol. Um, I think it's pretty clear for everyone now that it's not very healthy to drink too much so um and it's still like when you go out um uh, partying or whatever there's still so much pressure if you don't drink so it's a very nice alternative if you like your wine bottle and you can drink but there's no alcohol in so um yeah that's kind of like the two big trends we still yeah it's we, the, the, we, we saw the last months and we will see in 2023 alcohol friction yeah this is the amazing thing uh whenever i have a face in my life where i say I want to do more sports and don't drink alcohol. And uh, when I go to events, usually I ask for water and people look at me and say, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why do you drink water? And then I just say, yeah, I do sports and uh, it, it really, it's not, it's, it's not good. And the second thing that they ask is, do you have problems with alcohol? So it's uh, quite uh, an amazing pressure in in uh, in society. Do you see it the same in Germany that um, uh, there, it's generally let's say, accepted to drink alcohol at the new band and uh, people question uh, the decision when uh, someone says, oh, you know, I don't drink. Yeah, definitely. So it's huge pressure. But it's, um, I think it's it's already starting to change a little bit. Mm. So as many people want to be healthier, as many people, um, yeah, just, just try to reduce the alcohol consumption. Um, it's getting more accepted, but it's. I think it's still, it's great to, Uh, to be able to, um, yeah, to to have something other than water when you go out, uh, when you go out in the evening, when you meet people, when you're in a restaurant. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's and and if you uh, like uh, some years ago when you were out uh, with friends for dinner and you told told the people that you don't eat meat, uh, that was kind of like the same the same thing. They were like, "What is wrong with you? Why don't you eat meat?" And now it's so much more accepted. So. At least in the cities. So when you're in Berlin or 
It's the worst nightmare probably was no meat, no alcohol, and only vegetables on the yeah. table. And it was literally, I think it, it made the evening of uh, many people and uh, was definitely the center of discussion yeah, uh, but, at the table. Yeah, but now that is, uh, yeah, luckily changing. Caroline, let's pull in the, the next uh, speaker. Albert is already in. He's a business angel from Austria. From Did you enjoy this episode? If so, please hit the like button, leave a comment and follow the podcast channel. Your support helps the podcast grow and allows me to reach more people who can benefit from the content. And if you have a moment, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. It really helps me out. Thank you again and have a happy new year.